You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Proof of Desire by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Well, let's go to the Word of God. Last week, I started teaching from the subject, the proof of desire. The proof of desire. I'm trying to see, y'all, how I can get my screen right here that I can still see y'all's comments and see my notes at the same time. I'm working a little bit different than I usually do. So y'all bear with me here while I try to work this out. I just got to do a whole lot smaller. All right. So we started teaching about the proof, uh, the proof of desire. Let's look at Psalms 27, verse four, Psalms 27, verse four. This is a Psalm of David. And David says, and writes, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And the emphasis that I'm pulling out from the scripture, David says, one thing have I desire, and that will I seek after. One thing I desire, that will I go after. Here's the word that we're using. One thing have I desired, and that will I pursue. So the subject of this teaching is the proof of desire or pursuit, the proof of desire. I've often said, and I heard it many years ago, it's become part of my regular vernacular and vocabulary now, and that is the proof of desire is pursuit. Don't say you desire something that you are not willing to pursue. Then you just, you're just trying to just tell, you just want, want people to know that you are a dreamer. Okay, you just want some. You just want somebody to know that you do uh, have ambitions. All that's really good, but the proof of desire is pursuit. Okay, the proof of desire is pursuit. You can say I desire all day long, but if you're not pursuing it, then there's no proof that you really desire it. The proof of desire is pursuit, and so I told you that it's not ideas or dreams alone that change the conditions of your life. It's pursuit. It's action that brings about results. And pursuit or pursuing is the act or action of going after something. You have to go after it. Plans are futile without pursuit. Purpose is meaningless without pursuit. Passion is useless without pursuit. You gotta go after it. Even prayer can be ineffective if you don't pursue what God tells you to do after you pray. So we started talking about things that keep us from pursuing. And we covered number one, which we said, I think that's as far as we got, excuses. We saw when God told Moses, God calls Moses, Moses excited. God tells Moses in Exodus 4, 10, 11, I've seen the affliction of my people and I'm causing you, I'm raising you up to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses started telling the Lord, I cannot do this because I'm slow of speech. I'm, I've been stuttering and, and it's really believed this is especially after that burning bush appeared to him, it messed him up. Uh, we do, we know, according to believe it's Acts, the fourth chapter, it says Moses was mighty in words and deeds. So it wasn't that he just couldn't talk. He got messed up after he saw that burning bush. And he's saying, God, I can't, I'm, I'm not eloquent and all this. Uh, he was making excuses. And God says, ask him a question, Exodus 4 and 11. He said, who made your mouth? 
who 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 caused one who 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 made the one who can talk who made the one who can't talk who makes the one who can see who makes the one who can't see have have I not I the Lord created them God said I am your creator I know what you no God said I know you ah, stop telling me what you have and what you don't have I already know you I know what you have I know what you don't have can I tell you this many times we know more of what we don't have and God knows more what we have because he knows what he has placed on the inside of us that we haven't even tapped into yet. He knows the potential that he has put in us that we have have not even tapped down and dug deep enough yet to get into. You know, every now and then you hear these, you'll hear these stories. I remember there were some stories a couple of years ago. Somebody, this woman's child got stuck under a car or something. Some kind of way this woman was able to lift this car up and get her child out. Everyone said, where did this come from? And, and what, what, there was something down the inside because she desired enough to get her child out of that hazardous, dangerous, life-threatening condition. She was able to move a car. What am I saying? Many times there's things in us that we don't know is in us. And God said, I made you. If I'm telling you to do something, I already know the resources that are placed inside of you to get done what I'm telling you to do. So stop making excuses. We looked at Jeremiah. Jeremiah started making excuses. I'm young. Um, I'm, I'm young. I'm, I'm young. And God said to him, listen, before I knew who you were before you were born. In other words, God said, you just weren't born. You were sent. Before you even born, I deign you to be a prophet to the nations. I already knew what you're going to do. Before you knew you were going to do it, before I called you to do it, and before you became aware of the calling, and before you even coming up with this excuse, I already knew what I was going to cause you to do. And then we saw, looked at in Judges, the sixth chapter, we saw how Gideon start making excuses and not pursuing what God called him to do. And God calls Gideon in Judges 6 and verse 12, a mighty man of valor. Now watch this. That is not how Gideon saw himself, but that is how God saw him. God sees us greater than we see ourselves. God sees us having potential that we don't see. God sees us doing what we have not yet begun to do because he created us. And when God called you, he put everything inside of you. Now, now in the natural, many times we have to prepare for the call. But God puts what he needs us to have inside of us to go pursue. And Gideon says in Judges 6 and verse 3, so, oh, my Lord. He said, "He said, if I'm called, if, if I'm mighty, how has all this happened to us? I say this all the time. You got to know God is bigger than your circumstances. I don't care what it looks like. Don't let your... Don't let this, oh, this is so good. Don't let the size of your circumstances reduce the size of your God. Don't let the size of your circumstances, oh, this is so big. It's so insurmountable. Don't, don't reduce God to, don't reduce God to being smaller than your circumstances. God is bigger than your circumstances. Make your circumstances smaller and make your God bigger. Jesus is Lord over all. And he looked at his circumstances and said, I don't understand it. If you're with me, why is all this happening? I heard that you used to do miracles. I heard about crossing the Red Sea, but Lord, what have you done for me lately? I don't see. I heard. I heard. I heard. Preacher used to hold it in and say, I heard. You know, yeah, I heard, but I need to see what you're doing for me right now. And the Lord says to Gideon in Judges 6 and verse 14, 
go in this thy might. You're going to deliver Israel from the hands of Midianite. You want to smite them as one man, even though as many of them, I put what's in you I, that you're going to defeat them just like you're fighting against one little man. God said, you're bigger than you think you are. You're more powerful than you think you are. You have greater potential than you think you have. And so God says we have to pursue, okay? We have to pursue what he tells us to pursue and stop making excuses about what you have, what you don't have, where you're from, et cetera, et cetera. So let, let, let's go a little bit deeper today because the next one that keeps us, the first one we said that keeps us from pursuing, is the proof of desire is pursuit. The next thing that keeps us to, from pursuing beyond excuses is laziness. Now, nobody, nobody wants to think of themselves as lazy, as lazy. Can I tell you this as from personal experience? You may call yourself a procrastinator, but sometimes a procrastinator is simply somebody who's lazy because a lazy person only does what they feel like doing with when and if they feel like it. But when you, in order for you to be a person of excellence, in order for you to be a person who pursues destiny and purpose and maximizes your potential, you got to be willing to do and find the gusto, have the intestinal fortitude, the inner strength to do what you don't feel like doing. So meantime, laziness, it keeps you sitting on your do nothing when you ought to be doing something. Let me say that again. Laziness keeps you sitting on your do nothing when you ought to be doing something. Laziness will cause you to only do what you feel like doing. And which means that you're not disciplined or as the scripture says in the New Testament, temperate. Temperate, self-control and discipline. And Paul says this, whoever strives for the mastery, whoever strives to dominate, whoever strives for the goal, whoever strives to be on top, whoever strives, let me go a little bit deeper, to not be average. You're not going to be average. Then you're going to have to be temperate and disciplined. Discipline means doing what, you, what you're supposed to do, not what you feel like doing. Making yourself do what you don't feel like doing and not do what you, what you feel like doing. Look at Proverbs 13 and verse 4. Proverbs 13 and verse 4. It says, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. See that word desire? That's the subject that we're talking about. The proof of desire is pursued. He said, but the soul of the sluggard, Old Testament English word, that means a lazy person. The mind, the will, and the emotions of a lazy person desires but has nothing. It is not desire that's going to produce in your life. Because we see here, if you desire, but you're lazy, you'll still have nothing. Again, we grown now. It ain't cute no more to keep, keep talking about a certain age, what you gonna do, where you gonna be, what you gonna be when you grow up. You know, I, I have a, I, one, one, one of the ways that I compliment people is, is kind of a little cunning. Uh, um, um, what's the word? Not cunning. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, sometimes I compliment somebody. If, if somebody, you know, like, like you know, that, that Tesla, 
Uh, I was with um, uh, Bishop Seawright the other night, and I was a little confident him in his car. And so sometimes I'll see people and I'll say, man, when I grow up, I'm going to get me one of those. And y'all know I'm very grown up, right? I'll say, when I grow up, I'm going to get me one of those. I'll see somebody with a nice tie. I say, man, when, when I grow up, I'm going to get me a tie like that. Okay. Um, you know, see somebody with some nice shoes. Man, when I grow up, I'm going to get me some shoes like that. And everyone laughs because it's obvious that I'm grown. And we laugh about it. That's how some of us look. You keep talking about what you're going to do. And you grown now. You can't keep saying when I grow up. You are grown up now. And the soul of the sluggard, it desireth, but it hath nothing. It is not desire that's going to produce in your life. It's pursuit of what you desire. The soul, your mind, I really want it. I really want to go. I really want to do. I really want to have. I really want to start. It's not desire. That sounds nice. It's not desire that's going to produce something. It's pursuit. Listen to that scripture, Proverbs 13 to 4 from, from the New Living Translation. Uh, it makes it real plain. It says, lazy people want much, but get little. Mm-hmm. But those who work hard will prosper. Lazy people want much, but get little. Those who work hard will prosper. And and it says work hard, and I'm glad that the original King James says, dil- says diligent. Uh, because it, that verse, Proverbs 13, 4, the, the latter part from King James says, the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The New, New Living Translation says those who work hard will prosper. So when we talk about working hard, we're not talking about that you got to be sweating all day, okay, having drudgery and toiling at a job you don't like. When we talk about working hard, I'm talking about diligence. Pastor Marshall uses the word grind all the time. They have negative connotations. But when we talk about grinding, y'all, we're talking about being diligent, okay, because I don't believe it's the will of God for you to have to keep working at something and that you hate, and that's toiling. And toiling is uh, is under the curse. One of the one of the curses that was put upon man as a result of disobedience. He said, "You said by the fruit, by the sweat of your brow, shall you gather with through thorns and thistles, and you shall toil it." But the Bible says that the blessed of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. And, and another scripture said, "And no toiling comes with it." So you've heard it put this way: when you're doing what you love. Or let me put another way. When you're in church, you don't work a day in your life. In other words, what it's talking about, you don't have that mental anguish and you don't, and you don't feel like I'm grinding, trying to do something that's not being productive for me because I really don't want to do it. So the blessing of the Lord is to be in purpose. But even when you're in purpose, even when you're called to do something, I mean, Beyonce can sing and Beyonce can dance, but she still got to rehearse. Beyonce can sing, Beyonce can dance, but but they still got to go over the routines. A lot of people see what people do on the stage and they don't know the work that goes into that production. Are y'all listening to me? Oh, this is so good. You can see what someone, this is so good, y'all. You can see what someone's life has produced, but you don't see the work that's gone in that production. That's just another way of saying that you see the harvest, but you don't see the seed. That you see the the glory, but you don't know the story. So I'm saying now, I've never said this before. You see the production, but you don't see the work. 
that went into the production. You don't see the behind the scenes things. It's like a wonderful, beautiful steak and lobster dinner that I've had enough of, okay? And it looks so wonderful. And you don't see the toiling that when you don't see the fact that somebody, somebody was out in some cold, boisterous, windy, boisterous, waving weather in a fishing boat off an island in Maine to get that lobster. Somebody then had to go buy the lobster. Somebody had to ship the lobster. Somebody had to make the lobster and we just see it on the plate. We don't see all the steps that went into giving you your lobster dinner. And what I'm saying that y'all is that sometimes people want a production and you don't want to do the steps. The proof of desire is pursued. That verse again, Proverbs 13 for New Living Translation, lazy people want much, but get little. Your wanting is not going to produce. You can have great desire and little manifestation. Oh my goodness. You can have great desire and little production because of laziness. Only doing what you want to do when you want to do it. Giving up whenever something gets hard. Quitting when it's uncomfortable for you. I made my mind when I see people keep quitting, I don't, don't give them anything. Don't rely on these people. The Bible says confidence in an unfaithful person is like a, is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Don't try to chew anything on that side of the mouth and don't try to put any pressure on that leg. It will go out on you and cause you pain. Such is the case with lazy people. I don't mean any harm. And this ain't talking about right direction. I talk, oh, I ain't gonna, it ain't talking about just right direction. It ain't talking about a whole lot of people right direction. But y'all, we have, we saw through this pandemic, there are a lot of people lazy. There's a lot of people, long as there's a crowd, long as there's a lot of, a lot of lights, camera action, they want to be in a limelight. They are not willing to grind and be persistent and consistent behind the scenes when everybody don't see what they're doing. Proverbs 13 to 4, lazy people want much, get little, but those who work hard will prosper. So let's move on here. Here's some more scripture. See, we're talking about the excuse of laziness or, or being lazy that'll keep us from pursuing. Proverbs 12, 27. Now look at this. Now, this is why I say the better word here, trifling. <laughs> the word, so we see the word sluggish used in the Bible. We see the word slothful used in the Bible. And I want to trade that word slothful in for trifling. Okay. It says the the slothful man roasteth not which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. The trifling man roasteth not what he took in in hunting. Now he went and hunted for the food. Now we're too lazy to cook it. That's trifling. Now, oh man, let me unpack this. In other words, saying is you have what you need right in front of you. Do something with it. You have what you need right there. You got the degree. You got help. You got support. Why aren't you doing anything? Many of us, okay, now some of y'all heard about my background from the projects, um, the youngest of a single mom who worked nights and was not present most of my um, 
most of my, for a lot of my childhood and definitely teenage years, she was not present. She was working. And unfortunately, when she wasn't working, I remember the time when she was spending weekends with a boyfriend. That's just, it is what it is. It's sad, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, I didn't have a father who could do anything for me. You know, um, Bishop Bailey was there for me as a, uh, as an example, as a role model, example of a man. But, you know, and, uh, but, you know, my, my relationship with Bishop Bailey wasn't of giving me money. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, I worked. I always, I always worked. We were coming through the other day. We were coming from Newark airport through Jersey City, New Jersey. And we got down to this area down called Tunnelly Avenue. <laughs> and I started having trauma, y'all. I was 14, 15 years old. I used to stand on this corner at that corner where we stopped now in a limo or, or a, a, a car taking us over to New York City. And I remember standing on that corner between 10 and 1 o'clock in the morning, shivering in the cold, selling newspapers, selling newspapers. I mean, it was cold, y'all. It would be 20, 30, sometime below with the wind chill factor. And I was standing there. I was, and, and while I said, I was working. Then it had to be, I was in church the next morning, 9 o'clock. Sacrificial prayer, mother, baby, quiet. Nine thirty Sunday school. I always worked. I sold papers. Yes, y'all. Some of y'all ain't heard this story. I shined shoes. I worked at the A and P on Saturdays as a kid with what y'all call a buggy, having a cart because people there. You this was in the city, and so it wasn't a place you drove up to. Those came later. This was a a, a supermarket on a main street. And so people would park and people in apartments would, and so kids like me, 10, 11, 12 years old, we would have carts and people would put their groceries in there and we'd take them home with them in our cart, or y'all call it buggy, and, 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 uh, and then carry them upstairs. Do that for, man, somebody gave us a dollar, that was good. Every now and then you had somebody cheap who would give you 25 cents and you'd want, you'd want to cuss them out. But I didn't do that because you know, I was working on something. But I always worked. Some of y'all didn't have this type of background where you had to work for it. I didn't have anybody help me get started. I mean, financially and all that. And and I see what God's produced in my life. So for some many of you, what's your excuse? Came from a good family, had good support, had families who helped educated educate you. Some of y'all had, you know, I like my children who didn't who didn't have it like me. Okay, their story is not my story, and I thank God for that. There's not no shame in that, because every generation should go better and go to a next, next level. But my question is, what are you doing with the privilege that you've been given? You might say, I ain't privileged. No, some of you compared to some of us, you are privileged. You were privileged to have a, a easier start. You were privileged to have support. You know, when I hear, I, I was talking about this last night, our former president, Donald Trump, he said, he create he he became a billionaire supposedly. But it, he said, "But I started with a he said I started with a small loan of a million dollars from my dad, from my father." You hear what he said? He said, I, "He said I started with a small loan of a million dollars." He didn't even realize how privileged he's privileged. He grew up with privilege for so long he didn't even realize what privilege is. He said some of us had nobody to loan us. It, they couldn't loan us a hundred dollars. My opponent, what are you doing? with the opportunities that you've been given. You got that degree. What are you doing with it? You got connections. What are you doing with it? You have favor. What are you doing with it? Work the degree. 
work the favor, use the connections to pursue. Use the connections to pursue. Oh my goodness. Who am I talking to here? So, I mean, I, I went back over to my, I went over to my chat to see what y'all saying here. Yeah, that's right. A small, don't we wish somebody could have given us a small loan of a million dollars? Some of us wish we had somebody who could give us, gave us a small loan of a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars. Okay. So the sluggard, that, that, let me read that verse from the, uh, the, let me see, where was I at here? So we were reading Proverbs 12 and 27. The slothful man roasted not that which he took in honey. He has it right before him and he won't do anything with it. But the substance of a diligent, persistent, pursuing man is precious. Proverbs 24, King James Version. Here we go, slug it. Slug it, slothful. Slug it plus slothful equals trifling. Okay. Proverbs 24, the sluggard, the trifling man, will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in harvest and have nothing. Making what, What's the cold? It's, it's cold out there. Baby, it's cold outside. Sometimes you got to do things in uncomfortable seasons. Sometimes you got to do things when it's not conducive to your flesh. The sluggard will not plow because it's cold. Therefore, he's going to beg in harvest. He's not going to have anything. You got to pursue even in the cold. You got to pursue even when it's hard. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. But I don't believe he brought me this far to lead me. Some of y'all don't know that is. That James Cleveland, I don't feel no ways tired. So nobody told who told you everything's supposed to be easy. And sometimes, y'all, sometimes I, you know, I try to preach a balanced, blended word because we hear about things like the anointing. We hear about things like sweatless victories. We hear about things like first class life, second class price. None of those statements and questions, none of those statements and sayings nullify the fact that you got to pursue. Pursuit is the act or action of going after something. If we really desire something, we pursue it. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey shows us things that can keep us from pursuing God like we should be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for proof of desire. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. 
For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.